gonna start. We a did podcast. it. We're recording. <laughs> awesome. So anyway, welcome to the Call Me Teacher podcast, a podcast made by teachers for teachers. Should we <laughs> like explain the format of the, the sure? Podcast? Sure. Let's talk about the format. All right. So we're gonna start with a funny story or an anecdote from our, our week of teaching. Then we'll jump into a deeper topic, but. And then later on, we'll have questions and follow up and awesome and such. Just ourselves. <laughs> um, all right, Miss C. Yes, and you're, you're Miss F. <laughs> yes, I am. Tell us a story about your week. <laughs> okay. Well, you see, I teach eighth grade science, right? Well, that's your first teach, problem. <laughs> yes. True. I also teach eighth grade math, but today in science, it was Friday, so of course everybody's going to be a little bit wired. So I was um, teaching this lesson about elements and atoms, right? And there's this thing called an anion, which is basically an atom that has more electrons than it has protons, right? So it has like this negative charge to it. So I kept saying the word anion, and I was like, class, everyone say anion. So they did. But the thing about this period, third period, is they're all a bunch of advanced Spanish speakers, and I know very little Spanish. So they think it's fun to talk in Spanish when the teacher doesn't know what they're saying. So they decided to start saying the word Anno, 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 whole time. But I'm not that stupid. I know that Anno in Spanish means anus. <laughs> but I let them play it out for a minute, thinking I didn't know what they were talking about. Aren't you clever? And so I was like, class, we're going to stop giggling about butts now, and we're going to get back to the lesson. Uh, roasted. And they were uh, pretty shocked and odd that... I Wait. knew what they meant for once all year. We're in the fourth quarter, and I never know what they're talking about. Look but today, how you have today, I knew what they were talking Congratulations. about. Congratulations! Felt really good. What a good day. Yeah, I'm very proud of you. And it's your the day. little successes in teaching, right? This gotta write in your diary tonight. All right, go. Which is oh, I teach uh, high school literature, so tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grades, and AP literature. So in AP literature, we tend to be a little bit more informal because there's students that really want to be there and I know I can push them hard but I can also relax and they probably won't break things. So we were talking about Grendel and Beowulf and how Grendel just needs to find a new hobby that doesn't involve carrying off people and eating them every night. And uh, so we we're trying to think of hobby ideas and I was like, oh, well, I just picked up a hobby. I just picked up fencing. And they're like, you did what? I'm like, oh, I just I just won some fencing lessons. So I've been like fencing. And they're like, that is insane. You have to show us how to fence. And I'm like, Okay, I don't have a foil though. They're like, well, go get it from your car. I'm like, I think the principal won't be okay with that. They're like, grab the PVC pipe in your closet. Any, ask, anything to get off the lesson plan. Anything right? to get off the lesson plan. So uh, as, as any idiot would, I uh, go for the PVC pipe. Can't find my PVC pipe. But I do find a small American flag. So patriotically, I showed them how to, uh, you know. <laughs> Wait, why do you, why do you have PVC pipe in your classroom? I, it, it's been there for a long time and I, I don't need a reason. Okay. I just need PV set. So how did the fencing go? Went really well. I think they were basically just trying to get me off off lesson, but I felt pretty good when I was like parrying the air and they thought it was cool until they realized I was actually in a class with mostly seventh graders, which I then had to stab and they were like, why are you stabbing seventh graders? I'm like, because they're the beginners and I'm too (laughs) stupid to play with anybody else. Oh, you mean the fencing class is a bunch of seventh graders? Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. The fencing classes, me and a bunch of seventh graders. (laughs) Yeah. Good times. Nice. Humility. See, humility is good for teachers to become learners. Probably. Occasionally. Yeah. I tell myself when I look like an idiot in front of seventh graders <laughs> who then stab me. I take it like a man. You're not a man. I'm not a man, though. I sound like one. That was her first impression of me, but we don't have to deal with that right now. We can tell that story another time. Yes.
On today's episode, we're going to discuss parent-teacher relations, how we've seen them done well, and how we've seen them done very, very poorly. We should share um, a positive teacher interaction and a negative one. Do you want to start with the positive or the negative? Are we cynics or what? Um, I feel cynical right now. You feel cynical? Can I start with the negative? You start with the negative, and I'll start with the positive, and, and then we'll switch. we'll switch. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Tell me something awful. So at um, the school where I used to teach, where you used to teach as well. I love that place. There was a student that we both know very oh, well. Gosh. We won't name him or her. <laughs> and uh, the student was very lazy, very much into himself yes. or herself. Whoever they were. <laughs> we, we don't know what gender. We don't judge. And uh, never did much work. Always caused problems in class. Always a distraction. Always kind of a bummer Constantly, to teach because yeah. the thing about his parents is that they would never take responsibility. They thought their son was perfect and that he could... Uh, yeah, he might be a little lazy, but it doesn't really matter. He, as long as he graduates, who cares? You Double know? problem. They're besties with the principal, so... Yeah. So we would have a meeting, several meetings with these parents, and they would just never try to see our side of things, never get on our page, never try to... the principal would never join us because he never wanted to get caught in the middle of his best friend and his teachers, so right. that was fun. So no, with no support from administration, no support from the parents, this kid was just a nightmare to deal with. It's like no amount of emails going home, no amount of phone calls, no amount of like notes... No amount of discipline, this kid was just going to do what he was going to do. and Yeah. And the other problem, I think, was the parents were incredibly patronizing to us. Yeah. When you as a parent come in patronizingly, we're immediately on our guard. Like, mm -hmm. you don't respect the fact that we took four years at least to learn how to do this, that we've had experiences with this, that we were trained for this. You see, we know nothing. The incredible thing was his, wasn't he in a class with his younger sister mm -hmm. that one time? Yeah, his sister, two years younger than him, could do all the assignments and get A's because she worked hard. And his parents thought that the assignments were just too tough for him. And he was like, taking the class a second time. He'd taken it the year before. And passed, right? Yeah, and he was taking it a second time, just didn't care. And so he, his parents would whine and complain to me, to the principal, that, oh, the assignments are too hard, they're too long, like he shouldn't have to memorize this much. But yeah, his sister, two years younger than him, this is a high school student. And his sister could do the assignments just fine. And it's not like he had a learning disability. It was just ridiculous. Don't be that parent. Yeah. Trust the teacher. Don't trust your... I mean, don't, don't not trust your kid. But don't, don't disregard the teacher before you right. that it's one thing, the story. It's one thing to be an advocate for your kid, you know, in, in this schooling situation. But it's another to just believe blindly everything they say and never... You were a kid once, too, and you probably told a lie at some point. Yes. Most people have. Especially when his sister's in the same class. Yeah, pretty much. So I'll, I'll balance out the positive story. Okay. I There is a parent who randomly, just because she's that sort of giving person, makes lunch for the teachers. Like, homemade wow. lunch. Like, brings in, like, freaking salmon and, like... What? Mushrooms. And I don't know what else. Like, a real legitimate dinner, home-cooked. Just... Every couple months, it's just like, you know what? I just want to thank you guys for how hard you've worked. And she'll sit and eat lunch with us. And while she's eating lunch with us, she'll be like, tell me how my daughter's doing. How are you doing? How are classes this year? How can I pray for you? Like, there was a morning when this woman saw me in the hall, and I must have looked a little stressed. And she was, because she just always makes herself around school. She volunteers for stuff. She's just super involved. And she's like, you look tired. How can I pray for you? I was like, well, I am, I am kind of tired. Like, if you could just, like... You know, uh, I don't know, just energy would be great. She's like, oh, well, how about I go get you a cup of coffee? I'm like, like right now? She's like, yeah. And she literally went 
made me a fresh cup of coffee and walked back into my classroom while I was teaching, just left it quietly on my desk and left. And there wow. was my uh, full full cup of coffee. That's like, so sweet. This woman is so nice. And she emailed me that night. She's like, here's my number. Just let me know if you ever need anything. Like, like okay, I will. Wow. I will let you know if I need anything for my classroom. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. What a great human. No kidding. She's awesome. I feel like the best parents to interact with are the ones who have been teachers. Yes, for sure. I have a, I have a positive story. I had a, a student who was, like, failing algebra. So I sat down with him and his dad, and I was kind of expecting it to be difficult just because I get nervous around the yeah. parents. And The parents are honestly the scariest part of teaching. They I are. can handle the students 100%. I'm in control. But the parents, it's like... Because they're all older than me. Like, I'm just yeah. in my 20s, and yeah. I don't have any kids of my own. So I feel like... I can't necessarily see their side of things. Like, they're yeah. just going to think I'm this young baby teacher. Because we, we don't look old. We'll be honest. We don't look old. We look very young. Um, we are very young. Yes. <laughs> for a little bit of context, this is our fourth year teaching for yeah. both of us. We're almost fifth year. We're almost done with our fourth year. Yeah. yeah. Beating the statistics. But back to what the up? story. <laughs> so, this kid is failing algebra. He's a sweet kid, whatever. He was just kind of being lazy, right? And so... His dad sits down, and apparently his dad used to be an algebra teacher. His dad had my exact job. So his dad sits down and is like, well, what is my... That could be a nightmare or a dream. It's true. It (laughs) ended up being a dream, because the dad sat down and was like, well, what does my son need to do to get his grade up? And I was like, well, you know, I'm not really offering extra credit, but if he does his test corrections and he continues to work hard, I think he'll be fine during the quarter. And so he basically just looks at his son and is like, well, son, you heard your teacher. This is your responsibility. You're going to correct your test, and we're going to make sure your homework gets done for the rest of the quarter. It's like, oh, that was easy. Did it work? Yeah. He put nice. Res- like, I find it so helpful when the parents put the responsibility on the student. Like, we were, yep. we're all working together here. It's not, it should We all have responsibility. Like, there's no passing of the blame. Right. It's all. Like, if I'm doing my part, then you and your child need to do your part. And then we're like a unit. <laughs> exactly. so beautiful. The hardest is when it's teacher versus parent. Because the te- I mean, yeah, the parent is going to just side with the kid. Because ultimately, I mean, we do, I mean, in some ways work for the parent. Like, they are paying our bill, and we care about partnering with them. Like, I've especially always at viewed, a private school. Especially at a private school, I've always viewed the parents as partners. Like, we both care about this child. And, like, as parents out there, like, we do care about your kids. Like, we do. And uh, we want to partner with you. It's just there's sometimes relationships that get off on the wrong foot. Which I can tell a negative story now, right? Yeah, you I can, can get all negative. Let's do. So my we're gonna my end style. on a negative note. Yeah, and then we'll all just be mad at each other. <laughs> That's okay. awesome. So this, uh, I come into school in the morning, about half an hour before school starts, which is always when we're supposed to get in. And there's a parent already waiting by my door, oh, no. and I'm like, oh, well, this is gonna be a great start today. And uh, she's standing there. She's like, I just needed to talk to you. I'm like, in a way that couldn't be dealt with in an email last night. Okay. So I, I let her into my room, and I've, I've got things to prep. Like, I have things I do before, like, make some copies or whatever, but no, I have to deal with this parent instead. And so be mindful of the teacher's schedule. And so the parent's there. She's like, look, I've made it a point to check the grade book, because you have online grades, uh, more regularly this semester, because uh, I didn't want to be surprised. And I, like, opened it this morning. Maybe I hadn't opened for, like, a couple days or something. But I opened it this morning, and all of a sudden my son's grade went to, like, like a D what happened I'm like well let's look at it and figure it out so uh we look at it and she's like he told me he did all of these assignments I'm like well because uh, we open it up and there there are some assignments that have been missing since the beginning of the semester I'm like if you've been checking the grades every week 
Why didn't you get on the stuff that's been missing since November when yeah. it's February? So all of a sudden it's my problem because it's the end of the semester. And she's like, oh, well, did, he said he turned those in. I'm like, well, did he check the nameless bin? Because when they don't put their names on it, I put it in a bin called a nameless bin. And if they care, they can check and they can find what they did not take the time to put their name on. It's not like I'm going to grade them down or anything. I'm just not going to put it in the book till they put their name on it. Lo and behold, guess what was in the nameless bin? I told them multiple times, I have a sign on my board. Are you missing an assignment? Do these three things. Thing number one, re-email it if you re-emailed it. Number two, check the nameless bin. Number three, check your folder. Maybe I turned it back and some reason the grading book didn't save it. He had done none of those things. Not of a one. Not. So suddenly it was it was my fault. And it, it was the tone she started out with. She's like, mm -hmm. why is this happening? Like, clearly you haven't been updating your grade book. I hate it when teachers update their grade book at the last minute. I update my grades the day I get them. The day I get them, generally my grades are up, personally. Not yep. true of every teacher, but that's pretty much what I do. And so I looked at it. I'm like, oh, well, there was a huge paper due this week that he did not turn into me. So that's like 25, 35 points right there. She's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, and there's actually a paper that's also missing from back in November that's also worth 25 to 35 points. So uh, this might explain your problem. She's like, oh. And then all of a sudden she turns at her son. She's like, why didn't you pay attention to this? I'm like, woman, why didn't you pay attention to this? Miss, I check this all the time. I'm like, don't come in and tell me I'm a bad teacher in the morning that I can't update my grades when you can't keep track of what your son's doing. Like, yeah. do your diligence and I'll do mine and then I won't start the morning feeling like you believe me to be a crappy teacher and that's yep. going to make me feel crappy and become a worse teacher because I'm in a bad mood now. Exactly. It's a great way to start the day. All right, Miss C, I have a question for you. Yes. How many parents in your four years of teaching have ever made you cry? Oh, in front of them or when they left? Both. Put them together. Probably four or five. Really? I cry a lot. That's true. You I do. take teaching very seriously and I like tie up way yeah. too much of my identity in it. So if I feel like I'm a bad teacher, I feel like I'm a bad person and I view it as like my calling and purpose in life. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I've, I've failed these people. <laughs> and then I cry quietly once they've left. And tell myself I'm a horrible person. Actually, you know what? I don't think that's too high of a number. Because I can think How of... How many times have you... Yeah. Three, right off the top of my three. head. Okay, if you count the mom and dad in the same family, four. So yeah, we're about tied. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's probably about the same. One at our old school, and three at my new school this year. <laughs> <laughs> have okay. you ever interacted with a parent in the classroom? Like, brought in a parent to speak, and has mm -hmm. that ever gone well or poorly? I don't even know that answer to that question about you. If you haven't, that's fine. I'll think of a different question. Oh, we did. We did go to a parent's place of business on a field trip. And it went well. All the kids enjoyed it. They got yeah. to try out some of the equipment at the business and they had fun. What advice would you give to teachers like who are just starting out? For talking to the parents, yeah. Of the let's talk about like even parent-teacher conferences. What mm -hmm. what what do you usually do to prepare for parent-teacher conferences? Um, First, te a new teacher who's never done it before. So I always make sure I have like a structure in mind that I want to follow, just so that way the time isn't like well, you know, it's not like awkward silence yep. time. I yep. try to have a structure to follow. So I always print out a grade report. So if nothing else, we have the grades to come back yep. to. I try to think of positive things about the students' strengths and like a couple of weaknesses or areas to focus on. And that's pretty basic. Um, well, we start out with grades, but the parents at my school have access to that 24-7. They have the online grade book. Yeah. So it's not really news to them when my they see the grade do, but they still don't always look. Really? Yeah. Well, Are parent-teacher conferences required for your school or no? Required of the parents? Yeah. Like, do they have to come to the conference? No. Okay. The way it works is they sign up. There's, like, a website they go to and sign up for a time slot. 
Gotcha. And there's like one day with like 20 or 30 time slots available. The nice thing about parent-teacher structured that way is that you usually get the good parents, and they are the people that do mm-hmm. check the grades, so it isn't right. anything new to them because they're the parents that care. They're the ones that show up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I usually try and have one or two positive things uh, about the kid. And I usually, um, yeah, have their grade report printed out, and then it's really quick to glance down if they're like, why is my student not doing well in your class, or what can I be doing better? I can usually glance down the report and see what types of assignment they score the lowest on. Is it the mm-hmm. fact that their papers are low scores? Is it the right. fact that uh, they are have missing assignments? Or if I, I give exactly half off for late assignments, so if they get exactly 50% on several assignments, I know they haven't been turning them in on time. So right. the other thing at a glance, know what you're looking for. The other thing I do is try to remind them of the times I'm available, like for tutoring mm. and like, yep. here's my schedule, here's my contact information. I try to make it known that I'm like really available to help the student, so that way the student and the parent feels like I'm supporting them. I'm not like just here to gr- complain about your student or show them your bad grades. For sure. Do you do anything else throughout the year to contact parents? Do you send home a parent letter? Do you send mm-hmm. them a syllabus at the beginning of the year? Is there a contract you have them so, sign? Or? At the beginning of the year, I send home a syllabus and have the parents sign, like, here's all my class policies, here's what happens with late work, here's what happens with, you know, tardies, whatever. Well, that's mostly school policies, but sure. the parents have to sign it and the students have to sign it. Especially in middle school, like, we just have really clear policies. Um, through the year, I don't do like a regular newsletter, but if there's sure. a big assignment coming up or like a test I know is going to be more challenging than others, I'll send an email to all the parents saying like, you may want to help your student study for this. Here's the you know information they need to know, or here's the study guide attached. Wow, just, you're dedicated. Just so the parents are on the same page as the students. That's awesome. It might come across as dedicated, but honestly, I do it so that I don't get parent complaints later. Like, that why didn't you sense. tell us that this test yeah. was going to be way harder? You also teach middle school, so I feel like there's a lot more parental involvement. Mm-hmm. Whereas I teach high school, and usually, usually, I say not always, the parents view it as more the high schooler's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like, if they can't keep a planner by now, what are they going to do in college, you know, in a year right. or two? So, it just kind of depends on the requirements, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you have a parent-teacher night at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. where they just all come see your classroom? Is there anything you do to set up for that? Yep. So we're required to, it's like a Thursday or Friday night, the second week of school. Okay. And all the parents come and the parents go through the kids' schedule. Okay. But it's like in the evening, so each class do the exact would be like thing. a 10-minute yep. period. Yep. So they come around, I get to meet all the parents and give them my little spiel about like, here's where I went to college, here's my qualifications, here's what I teach. Make yourself sound cool. Here's like the structure of the class, here's what we're going to study this year, here's like a list of the units. Do you have any questions? Here's my oh, email address. Oh, you have a list of the units, that's nice. I've had parents ask me for a curriculum map, I'm like, you're weird, but sure. Well, we have curriculum <laughs> maps anyway, so we might as well print them out. For sure. The parents are curious, some of them. Some of them are curious. Some of them really don't care. Yep. What I really like to do with my parents is uh, I give out two things. Well, three things, I guess. I give out my syllabus to the parents, so they ca- or at least an abbreviated copy of it, so you know kind of my expectations. They'll have to sign it for me like they do for you. Uh, I also give out a um, sheet that says, uh, ask me a question about me and tell me something about yourself mm, that yeah. I pick up afterwards. And sometimes, because sometimes like, I had a student who was like, afraid of blood and would like faint if you oh. read anything about blood. So mm-hmm. that was something the parent could write down on that sheet. Be like, just so you know, the student's going to be squeamish. If this happens, you might want to let her go to the library. I'm like, oh, thank you. I cannot think of any other circumstance under which I would have learned that except for right. her passing out in my class. So uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's always really good to say, hey, tell me something about your student that I might not know. Do they struggle with writing mm-hmm. or something like that? And then ask me something about me. So if we have time at the end of the session, I'll just go through those really quickly and answer those questions if they want I to did, stop that already answered. I did a similar thing this year because I had... 
I was at a small school before, and like at a much larger school, I knew it would be hard to keep track. I um, sent out a link to like an online survey that they could fill out with like the name of their student, and I asked like, what's something you want to know about me? What's something I should know about your student? How can I help your student succeed this year? And I got some good feedback. Only like five or six parents answered that. I was going to say, how many, like, did they, you give them time in class for it? Or was it like, you have to do this at home? Because I can't imagine that many parents being mm-hmm. dedicated enough to like go home and like. That's a good point. I think I, I sent it out, but I didn't give time during like the parent night. Gotcha. Because I didn't know if they'd have like phones, laptops, whatever to use to do that. That's it wasn't true. on paper. It was That's electronic. True. But I got five or six like really good responses from parents like, the parents who valued that sort of thing do it. are the sort of parents who took the time to do it. Yes. So, and everyone else, they're, they're pretty chill parents, so it didn't really matter. Yep. That makes it cool. The other thing I like to do parent-teacher night is impress them about what we do, which is, I, I feel like with the, when they respect what you're doing in your classroom, they're mm-hmm. more pumped about, like, oh, yeah, I want them to learn from this teacher. Right. I always teach a mini-unit. I know we only get 10 minutes, but when they walk in, I hand them the tell me something about yourself and mm. ask questions she and I give them a poem and it's a really hard poem and I'm like tell me what it means and what poetic elements pr- uh, convey that meaning go and I give them like three minutes and they're all just completely lost in like I don't know how you can expect my child to do this and then I like walk them through the poem afterwards and then I, I like draw this huge conclusion like I forget what poem I used last year but the whole point of the poem was like uh, once you're burned, you won't be burned again. But it was like mm-hmm. really old English. It was like this mouse who got caught in a trap and then learned never to go again. I was like, this is like your students being like blown by every whim and not knowing how to find truth in literature. And we're going to learn how to like find truth in literature. They're like, oh, wow. I didn't realize that this is about finding truth in life. I thought this was about a bug. And, you know, then they all of a sudden are impressed with you. They're like, wow, I really take you seriously. And even though you look like you just graduated high school, maybe yesterday, you at least know something. And I, I like that feeling of when yeah. they're like, I didn't see that. Wow, you can really teach. I'm like, yep. So you get them on your side day one. Exactly. Once you're mm-hmm. allied and you have a mutual respect, that's that's That goes awesome. a long way. It really does. Can I tell another cynical parent story? Yeah. So I gave, I assigned my science class a really like hands-on project oh, yeah. and they had to build something. So of course when I assigned this project, I gave this packet with all the instructions, right? And I gave a, a grading rubric so they would know what to expect come time to grade the project. So this kid builds this great project. I mean, it was it was fantastic. He brings it in the class. He shows everyone. He did a really nice job. The problem is he didn't write up the report to go with the project. So he built it, but he didn't do the other half of the project. So, of course, he gets half credit, naturally. And that so, would seem logical if that's what the rubric said. It should probably happen. Well, part of the grade was also to turn in the rubric so I could, you know, use the rubric to grade the project. Oh, that's a fail. <laughs> so he got 50%, and uh, his dad emails me several weeks after this project is due and done being graded and it's like why did my son get 50 percent i'm really calling into question your teaching ability because also i teach the same kid for algebra and he's like i'm really calling into question your ability to teach my son you're only teaching him the basics of algebra and you gave him 50 percent on this project this class is algebra one i know the class <laughs> the point of the class is to learn the basics of algebra <laughs> anyway so this dad is like so upset. This is one of the parents that made me cry, and uh, so we have this meeting. Did I need with his to grab dad. the tissue box? No, I'm I'm good now. Okay. This is now like a funny story, and so we have a meeting. It's the dad, the kid, me, my department head, and the principal of the middle school. Because that's not intimidating. All in a room, and embarrassing. Talking about how I screwed up grading this kid's project. Okay. Oh my gosh. 
And so I pull out a rubric, like a copy of the rubric, because the kid didn't turn it in, so I don't have his rubric to go off of. Okay. I printed out a new one, Genius. and I walked the dad through the grading process. And I said, your son had this rubric three weeks before the project was due. He could have followed the rubric. He could have turned in what every other kid in the class turned in and gotten a perfect grade because he did a great job on the project. And so the impression I got from the dad through the whole meeting was dad built the project, and dad is upset that dad didn't get the grade that dad oh. deserved. <laughs> but, of course, I didn't say any of that. So I walked the dad through. I'm like, all right, this is why your son got 50% on the project. Here you go. And at the end of the meeting, he said, all right, I agree with that analysis. Thank you for your time. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quick to be on a parent's bad side. And honestly, sometimes we need, we do need forgiveness. Like there is a time in parent-teacher conferences where I have several kids with the same name. And I definitely pulled the report of the wrong kid with that oh, name. No. And she's like, do you not notice my son? Is he not in your class? Like... Why would you not know the difference between this kid and that kid? He's in a different... I'm like, I'm I'm so sorry. Like, I wasn't thinking... And the problem is, it was a kid I just started to teach. It was like in 10th grade. I'd never had the kid before. It was like a month into school. I didn't know the names yet. So, mm. like, it was really embarrassing. So, I, like, I generally... Like, I kind of had an inkling who her kid was, but I was still trying to get everybody straight in my own head. So, I, I, I really sucked. So, I needed forgiveness on that one. We're not perfect. But it's not that we're not trying. It's not like... A concerted effort to like, oh, I've been planning to ignore your son and, and, and make right. you feel unvaluable. Like, I don't want that any more than you do. And at the same time, they have to realize, like, we're trained professional teachers. Yep. Like, I've done my part. I've posted my grades. I've posted my lesson plans. Mm -hmm. I've given your child the rubric. I've given him everything he needs to succeed. You know, you need to realize when it's your child's responsibility to follow yep. through. So. I've seen so many, uh, such a difference, at least I've heard from older teachers, in the mentality between a few like uh, years ago and now to mm -hmm. where the teacher was respected because the teacher was a teacher if the teacher at least for me with my parents were like oh if they went to parent teacher conference the teacher said i've been talking in class i'd probably been talking in class my parents went home came home and said you know why have you been talking in class and you need to be better for miss so-and-so and that was a discussion because the teacher had said it nowadays it's like the parents come to question the teacher and the students almost following the lead of the parents you, don't oh, just, you just don't get respect right away. You have to earn respect. And the first few months are spent earning the respect of the student, them pushing the boundaries, you saying no, the boundaries are a real thing. Because the respect isn't taught, it isn't immediately there, it's mm -hmm. it's a totally different mentality than it yeah. was. If the parents question the teachers, the, the, kids student, will too. the students are going to piggyback off of that and question everything you say, which makes our jobs much more difficult. And it really hurts everybody else in the class. You have mm -hmm. to spend a long time working on your student who thinks, oh, yeah, it's totally normal to question the teacher. If you have to question the teacher, don't do it in front of the student. Don't do it in a angry way. Don't take the student's side in front of the student over the teacher and badmouth the teacher. Right. Like, talk to the teacher first, one-on-one, -on -one, and then if we need to bring the kid into it, you can we can bring them up to speed together. We can we right. can do that, parents. I feel like I wasn't a kid that long ago. Like I'm not that old. Yes. And my parents were the same way. Like they just respected the teachers. Same. I had to just do like what the adults said, and now I have to earn the respect of not only the kids but the parents. Yep. Yep. And I don't even think that's like an issue of our age. Like I have teachers at my school who are like 50, 60 years old, and they still get that angry parent that's like, mm -hmm. "I understand why my student has to take the same test as everybody else. Cause my mm -hmm. student's special." And it's like, "What? No, right. they had the same assignment. They had the same time. They had the same opportunity." Mm -hmm. Well, to anyone listening out there, if there is anybody listening out there, <laughs> you should uh, let us know your comments and questions about parents, or anything else that we've said in the last 30 minutes that you want to discuss. Share your own stories. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool.
we'll uh, see you next time or talk to you next. We won't see you. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you at some other point in our lives. Maybe in a week. Probably then. Yeah, let us know your comments and questions and we'll... Uh, Call us- me, no, teacher. No, <laughs> I'm going to edit all of this out. It's all gone. It's going to be a five-minute podcast. It will be. All right, leave us your comments and questions. Peace. Goodbye.